With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. This is Scout's Eye on Pro Football. I am Chris Landry as we will break down the world of the NFL for you here as getting you the latest that's going on around the league. Uh, we're going to get you an update on um, Odell Beckham's situation as he uh, going through waivers today. So we get to that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the action from last night uh, as well as um, this entire weekend as well as a look ahead this week as we're kind of midway through so we've got a lot to get to today so we appreciate you joining us all of that and more um that we're going to get to on uh, scouts eye on pro football uh, a reminder you can get all the breakdowns over at landryfootball.com uh of this week's uh past weekend's actions as well as um all the the breakdowns upcoming weekend we got it all for you so check out the football season uh, savings today also check out um, sign up for this podcast uh, by going to uh, uh, landryfootball.com and uh, signing up Uh, you can see it right there sign up for landry football's uh, conference call that's the best way to support what we do if you're listening to this podcast we invite you to join us like Kev Belargo has and others. Join us in the chat room. Bring your questions, um, comments. We want to involve you in the show. Well, it has been a big weekend, um, to say the least. A weekend that was um, of the uh, upset variety, no question, with a lot of games going somewhat un- in unexpected fashion. Um if you look at Dallas riding high, playing well, and losing to Denver, um, looking at the the Raiders laying an egg, look at Buffalo and what a awful performance against Jacksonville. Um, you've got um, you know uh, the the Titans on a roll, so a lot of interesting developments. And we're going to get into kind of where things are, but we want to get you up to date a little bit on the latest news uh, around the league today. Odell Beckham uh, has been kind of the story that everyone has wanted to talk about for some time. And he did clear waivers and that was expected um, to happen as um, no one was expected to claim his salary. And again, clearing, um, 
the waiver process is one in if you make a claim on a player, you've got to pick up the contract for the year. So it was expected that he was going to clear waiver. It was structured that way so that it would give him enhance his chances of uh, reading, reaching this point where he's a free agent and he can negotiate with any team. So it gives them flexibility. There's a lot of talk that teams like green Bay, Seattle would make some sense for him as he is going to survey teams that he thinks are contenders. Think teams that are contenders with a good quarterback, um, with a need for a receiver. The thing about Odell Beckham is you've got to be willing to accept the fact that he is someone that can be very tempestuous, very, very difficult on his quarterbacks very demanding of, I want the ball, I want the ball, which wanting the ball is one thing. Um, Certainly earning your right to get more balls. And quite frankly, um, not that it all falls on his shoulders, but certainly staying healthy is a big important part of it. And he's not been someone that has been as reliable. So I think there's a little bit of a buyer beware there. I think that there are certain places that people will get intoxicated by the name. They will think this guy's a great player. I think that um, we've seen there's the reason why that he was signed by the, the Browns in previous years, why they made the move the, the, to get him from the Giants in that he was someone that was a talent that was going to lead, who was going to be a different type of guy. He was with his uh, friend Jarvis Landry in Cleveland, and everything was going to work, except it didn't. Why? Well, he wasn't a really good leader. He wasn't the things that he was purported to be. Well, the quarterback play is not that good. Well, you can certainly make the case that um, Baker Mayfield – is not a great quarterback, but he is a good one. They certainly are a team that's built around the run. And for Odell, it's about Odell. It's about him being what he wants it to be. It wants him, He wants to be the center of attention. And yet, again, I think he's not as reliable from a leadership standpoint and from an on-the-field standpoint. I do think a place like Seattle makes some sense because they have had trouble dealing with, quote-unquote, bad eggs there. I don't think Odell's a bad person. I think he's spoiled, entitled, immature. Um, A lot like his dad, who was another part of the problem in his latter stages of his tenure in Cleveland. So we'll see where it goes. I don't know. Um, There's been talk about the Saints. Really doesn't make as much sense there. Um, You don't have a stable quarterback situation. You don't have a team that's really in contention. Yeah, there's the connection of, um, you know, he's from there or he's technically his dad, parents are from Marshall, Texas, but he's certainly Odell more from the New Orleans areas, which is where Odell and his, his wife, who he met at LSU, I coached Odell senior at LSU. So there's a, a New Orleans connection but I just don't I don't see that as being as good of a fit for him. I don't know that the Saints won't be at least kicking around the tires to see. 
uh, with Michael Thomas out. I think they'll be aggressive. The Saints always are aggressive, but I don't know that he's the difference maker there that people might think. I think that they really believe in some of their young receivers that are maybe a little bit more team-oriented guys. I don't think Odell uh, is the type of guy that would be ideal for their locker room. Speaking of the Saints, they've worked out some running backs as Alvin Kamara um, is dealing with uh, some banged-up issues and they um, uh, carry on Johnson, uh, Rodney Smith, Josh Adams um, have been brought in for workouts. We'll see if anything comes to that. We'll keep you up to date on Landry. Uh, football.com. The Jets have placed Denzel Mims on the COVID reserve list um, as the Cowboys have Greg Zerline, their kicker, um, as has the Bills with Jake Kumaro. Um, and uh, so that's kind of the latest there. Other news around uh, the world of uh, transactions, uh, you can again find in our notebook at LandryFootball.com. So as we went through the weekend and I was kind of looking and making over the notes, um, some things that are very, very evident that are becoming more and more evident as you look around the league is the AFC. Where is the AFC? Think about this for a second. Two weeks ago, we were touting, and I say we, I, I certainly was not thinking that this is the team to beat in the AFC. But two weeks ago, we were talking about the Bengals being, well, they were, quote unquote, the top seed, meaning the best record with the tiebreakers. They go from number one to right now they're 10th. You lose two games in a row, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the AFC, where the only team that's been consistent, that's been impressive, are the Titans. They've won three in a row against playoff teams. They won last week in impressive fashion against the Rams without Derrick Henry. And I still question their long-term viability without Derrick Henry. But what can you say about them? I mean, you've got them, you've got the Ravens that we know what they are. Um, they're a good team, but I think they've got limitations. Uh, Buffalo has been hugely disappointment uh, disappointing in their lack of ability to be able to run the football. And what was that <clears throat> last week against the Jags? The Chargers don't seem to be real tough. The Raiders are imploding. Um, the Steelers are hanging on and trying to run the football and working around Big Ben. Don't sleep on the Patriots. I mean, if the Bills are going to be, um, you know, that inconsistent, then you put the Patriots right in the mix there. Um, do you you want to sit there and say the Chiefs are not out of it at 5-4, and four, and they're not. That record does not eliminate them. What, to me, makes it difficult to buy into them is – the fact that they're not playing any better, that they're not running the football better, that they're not committed to it, that they're still trying to go for too many chunk plays. They're not being patient enough, and that's not playing to help their defense. The Browns are banged up, can run the football. Um, the Bengals, you know, we've seen them kind of collapse. 
what to make of the AFC. You certainly don't have seven playoff caliber teams in the AFC right now. Um, you don't even have a, well, I mean, I certainly would put the Titans as the clear favorite, but, but only in terms of who looks the best right now. But am I going to sell anybody that I am a slam dunk comfortable uh, with them? I, I am not. Whereas in the NFC, I uh, respect the consistency of the Cardinals. I know what the Packers are and are not without and with Aaron Rodgers. And a defense that's pretty good. Um, Aaron Rodgers gives them a chance, and the defense and the play around them has, has been good. I, I certainly looked at the Rams' performance and say that's not been as a consistent issue or consistent concern. I still think they're a viable team. And Von Miller, while I am not as excited as the media makes that out to be, I do recognize because Von Miller is not the player that he has been, but he can be effective for them. Um, you know, in a reserve role and a spot playing role, I would say. So I think that's a really good team. I don't, I wouldn't overreact to the Cowboys. I'm not buying their viability. I think they're going to be in the mix. I don't know that they are the team to be, but I still think they're a damn good team. I, I certainly believe in Tampa. Um, so, I mean, I got five teams that I can make a case for in the NFC. The Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. Those are five teams. Everybody else is just a, you know, mismatch of different situations. The Niners are toast. Um, the Seahawks can make a run and be a team that could get hot come playoff time with Russell Wilson back. We know that they are a shell of themselves without Russell Wilson. You put Russell Wilson on that team, and if it's somebody like OBJ, you could you could see them entering the fray um, and be so effective. But, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm seeing with the uh, with the Cardinals um, and, and the rest of the group there um, that I mentioned. So I clearly see better teams in the NFC that are playoff caliber, whereas I just um, don't see nearly the same amount uh, in the the uh, the AFC. Uh, some of the, the matchups this week, we're going to get to all the games um, in the breakdowns. So we'll uh, we'll get into that. But uh, really uh, looking this week, um, not the elite matchups, but there's some good ones. We'll get to that as well. Uh, reminder, if uh, you've got any questions, uh, bring it on over um, uh, to uh, the chat room and we'll uh, address it right here. In fact, we'll get to a couple of them right now, and then we'll get into some of the breakdowns of this past week's games. Rich says, did I see Tony Carrente overact to Cassius March did, in which he celebrated a play and made that warrant a taunting foul? Um, they're oversensitive to the taunting situation. The stare down, I, a lot of people have talked about how he handled, he looked like he kind of stuck his hip out. I, I, 
I think it's a little bit overplayed based upon what they're asking them to call. Uh, you don't stare down or you don't do the little look stare down. Uh, is it, a, is it, is it excessive? Yes, but that's what they've asked them to do. So, uh, overreaction, perhaps surprise. No, um, Rich usually asks some questions that are a little bit, not off the wall, but just kind of a little bit different than what's in other people's mind. What was my assessment of George Young as a general manager? George was a good friend. George was a really good young executive that grew up in the Baltimore Colts organization. He um, went work. Um, he was, at the time, Don Shula was the coach there. He went to Miami and worked with Don on Don's staff and personnel. He was the guy that was hand-selected by the league office to clean up the mess with the New York Giants and was very successful general manager. Really good eye for talent. Good guy. Um, hard to, you know, um, rough around the edges, but uh, someone that I admired a lot. Um, hey, Joe Foten, do you see OBJ sitting out the rest of the season after not being claimed off waivers? No. He was not going to be, as I mentioned at the beginning, claimed off waivers due to the money owed to him. This gives him the option to pick the team that he wants. I do not expect – his plan is not to sit out. He 100% wants to play. Now, he's got to get an offer. I think he will. If the money's not right, what have you, would he bypass it potentially? I don't think so. I think his plan is to sign – pardon me. His plan is to sign – and if he gets the deal, he will. Um, Kev Villargo, um with a good question. Which makes the Cardinals third down defense elite? Well, first of all, they've done a good job on early downs to create some third and longs. It's their pass rush. They're doing a really good job with their pass rush. And they do a good job with a lot of their zone pressures, too. So they play good, effective zone coverage and take away the hot read effectively. And that sounds simple, and it's not simple at all. It's it's very effective the way they play it, but they've done a very good job of it. Um, but it's like most third-down defenses, Kev. They, they bring good pass rush pressure, and uh, they play uh, really good short area zone coverage behind it. It's what made them really good. Um, taking a look at some of the games and the matchups, um, I was impressed last night with Justin Fields and how he seems to be growing. I think that he's certainly got arm talent. The one thing he's got to go from being a thrower to a passer. And I think as he progresses in that regard, you know, um, you know, we're only time's going to tell. I do think that what they're going to have to do with him is they're going to have to utilize that ability to make improvisational plays. Um, you know, I think that it certainly remains to be seen if Matt Nagy survives this. But one of the things about taking him was to take some of the concepts that he learned in Kansas City that they're doing with Mahomes and utilize it with Fields. Now, I, I don't. I think they're a little different quarterbacks. I think Mahomes is a little bit better in, well, he's a lot better as a passer and he's better with off-platform throws. But Justin Fields is 
certainly very capable of making some plays with his uh, with his arm and certainly able to get stretch the ball down the field. Now what they've got to be able to do is continue to work the running game, build the build the offensive line and the weapon we are weaponry around him. Um and I'm curious to see where it goes. But I do see some progress, baby steps, but there's gonna be some up and down moments for him, no doubt. I thought Roethlisberger came alive in the second half after a slow start. Um, Najee Harris was a factor. I thought Friermuth was very effective for them, particularly in the red zone. Um, Dan Moore allowed uh, some pressures, but the offensive line played pretty well for the Steelers. The defensive line did a really good job. Cam Hayward's played very well. T.J. Watt is outstanding. Um, Devin Bush for the most part, played very, very well. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was a decent performance by the secondary. Um, as I mentioned for the Bears, I thought Fields was elite from a clean pocket. Um, I thought the Cole Komet had a nice day. I thought he did a really good job. I thought Allen Robinson did some good things for him in the passing game. You know, the offensive line wasn't, um, really at fault for any of field sacks, but Whitehair did, uh, Cody Whitehair from, um, Kansas state didn't allow, did allow three pressures in the game. He probably struggled the most in the past game. Robert Quinn led the defensive line with three pressures. Uh, Roquan Smith uh, recorded a pressure in the sack and he was very effective versus the run. Um, I thought, uh, Duke Shelley, um, did a good job. He was targeted eight times and he only gave up 27 yards. Really, really impressive uh, performance overall. I thought the Blairs, uh, the Bears did a really good job. And obviously, as you know, if you watch the game, had every chance to win it. The Titans and the Rams on Sunday night, Ryan Tannehill, and this is what they want to do. They want to make sure that he doesn't have to do the heavy lifting. Um, he is, you know, limited in what he can do. Um, but he's very capable when people have to overplay the run and you wonder if they were going to be, uh, ineffective in their inefficiency, um, in the run game, I thought might affect him and it didn't Adrian Peterson, McNichols, Foreman, combined for only five runs of five-plus yards on 22 attempts. <laughs> That's not what they normally get out of their running game. Uh, the receiver room combined for only uh, six total first downs, receiving three from A.J. Brown, two from Julio Jones, and one from Nick Westbrook. Brown dropped a couple of passes. Um, Jeff Swaim has never been really utilized as a receiver, but he had his most productive game. Uh, Bobby Hart replaced Taylor Lewan, who is – um, bit of an issue for Tennessee. It didn't pass block very well. The interior defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons had a really big night. Uh, he had eight pressures and was the big, big impactful player for them. He was um, really great at high in this game. David Long um, graded out well at linebacker. Kevin Biner did a really good job. Um, Elijah Molden uh, was good. Um, you didn't see the good Matthew Stafford this week for the, for the Rams in this game. Um, 
You did, you saw modest success out of the running game. Sony Michelle was a real non-factor. Cooper Cup was not much of a factor on deep routes. Um, they worked him underneath. Didn't have enough explosive plays. I think the front of this this um, Titans defense is starting to play very very well. Um, I tell you who's really playing well, and it's a great story. We talk a lot about Tom Brady. I I don't know what's more impressive. Well, certainly Tom Brady is in what, the position he plays and what he does. But my goodness, Andrew Whitworth, my my friends, is 40 year old, years old and still grading out well. He didn't miss a rep, and he played very, very well on the blind side of the Rams. Just as unbelievable player he is, he needs to get more credit for it. Brian Allen struggled at center. Um, the pass rush um, did about all they could. Um, Tannehill got the ball out quickly. It's one of the real things that, um, you know, uh, that, that he does pretty well. Um, Kansas City, Green Bay, what an impressive performance by Kansas City. Win and move on, man. They don't have enough wins to you, – you, you wonder. But I the whole Kansas City, the light's going to turn on. I'm, I'm starting to think it ain't going to happen. I thought Mahomes played a clean game. But it just it wasn't overly impressive. Um, Daryl Williams received the bulk of the carries at 19 rushing attempts. They're not running it well enough. Kind of worked the short passing in, the underneath, a little bit more. I know everything is fueled on the vertical passing game. But they must learn how to few themselves a little bit more with the short passing game because I think that would give them better opportunities, the deep ball. Um, I thought the offensive line graded out very well. thought they did a pretty good job. Chris Jones did a pretty good job. Um, Melvin Ingram was quiet. Um, nobody stood out at linebacker. Um, they uh, Spagnuolo dialed up a lot of blitzes, I think 56%, I think. I charted uh, blitz looks in that game. Um, for Green Bay, Love had an up-and-down showing. Um, was inconsistent throwing it downfield. You just get the feeling watching this game that if Aaron Rodgers plays, no way Kansas City wins it. So you you, you come out of this looking um, for Green Bay. Rashawn Gary was the only member to break through consistently in the pass rush. Devondre Campbell and Barnes were, were pretty effective in the game. The secondary held his own. All things considered with this offense can uh, potentially bust out on you. More impressed with the Packers and the loss than the Chiefs in the win. Uh, the Niners, um, this Cardinal team just looks better right now, than, than no doubt, than the Niners. Uh, they took care of business. Um you know, the for, first of all, um, Colt McCoy filling in for Kyler Murray, you know, that, that told me a whole lot. It's not about just Kyler Murray in the big 22-26, protected the football, managed things well. Chase Edmonds, it didn't do a whole lot in the passing game. I thought Connor ran well. Um, they were, they had DeAndre Hopkins out of the game. 
Um, four of Kirk's six catches went for first downs and made big plays there. This Niner team is very overrated right now. I just, I just don't like the way they're playing. I thought the offensive line gave McCoy a lot of clean pockets in which to work. Um, Golden and Chandler tallied four pressures, three of which were sacks. A defensive line uh, made just three run stops, but the Niners were had to abandon the run game, falling behind 31-7. So, you know, that to me was a big factor. No Arizona defender was targeted more in coverage than Isaiah Simmons. He gave up six catches, seven targets for 88 yards. Um, Garoppolo, um, the, the best thing he did was when the game w- was out of reach. He went one for six on throws targeted 20-plus yards downfield. So this team's kind of in a transition as I see it. It's The running game came to a screeching halt with the big Cardinal lead. Hasty and Mitchell, none of the guys were able to get anything going. Kittle put together a good performance. Samuel was, again, good. But they struggled up front to pass protect. Um, I thought the Cardinals got after McGlinchey suffered a knee injury that sidelined him. Tom Compton gave up five pressures, two sacks, or I think a hit or two, two hurries. Uh, I thought Bosa played pretty well. I thought they did some good things for stretches on defense, but obviously it was, you know, uh, a bloodletting with the Cardinals getting that big lead, and that was it. The Chargers won a tough one. Um, this Eagle team is a physical team and challenged them. Um, I worry about this Charger team when they get into physical matchups. Um, I thought Herbert was a, was efficient. I thought Eckler was uh, effective. I, um, I think Keenan Allen is still one of the best route runners and very, very effective. But I, I don't know about their ability to win consistently off the line of scrimmage and protect leads. Bosa uh, flourished, I thought, defensively. I thought Tranquil was very impactful in the game. I thought the secondary held up pretty well. Um, For the Eagles, you know, uh, Hertz was pedestrian. I think that's what he is for the most part. Um, Howard uh, handled the lead back duties. Um, You know, there's not a whole lot there uh, at running back. It's by committee. Devontae Smith continues to be the star of the passing attack. Lots of targets, big-time playmaking ability. The offensive line performed admirably. They allowed you seven pressures in the game. Uh, I thought the defensive line of the Eagles struggled to make um, significant impact uh, in the game. Um, I thought T.J. Edwards played pretty well. The secondary was was worked, was worked this entire game. But they managed to hang in with a chance to win it. If I tell you in Jacksonville and Buffalo that Josh Allen was going to be the big factor, you'd think differently than what I was trying to say. It was the Jags, Josh Allen, that was the difference. For them, uh, offensively, you know, uh, Lawrence, I thought, um, was effective enough. Um, You know, he had two plays that were turnover worthy. Uh, it's just not a whole lot there to work with at this point. And he's got a lot to learn. 
James Robinson sat out with an injury. Um, Dan Arnold was the only bright spot in the receiving core. He's been really, really effective and a reliable option for Trevor Lawrence. Um, um, long day for the offensive line. Um, for the Jags, it didn't play all that well at all. Um, Josh Allen was the star of the game. His edge rushing ability, I mean, he had four hurries and six tackles and, you know, force and fumbles, um, 21 total pressures, four sacks and 15 hurries. It was the defensive effort that did it. Um, the, the Bills lean on their passing game too much. They've got a little bit of the Chiefs disease here. Uh, you got to play well in coverage against the Bills. Damian Wilson did a really good job. Um, they prevented the big plays. The Jags did, did, did a really good job. Um, <clears throat> so I thought the secondary played pretty well. Rudy Ford did a good job. Chuck Griffin did a good job for the bills. Um, Josh Allen, their Josh Allen was flat. Uh, the ground game is really important to their success. But, you know, when they can't get it going, they're struggling. They're not the same team, and they're very beatable. Um, you know, Singletary and Moths are serviceable. They need to play better, <clears throat> and they need to run block better, and they need to set the run better. And when they get some early leads, which they were not able to do here, they need to be able to run and, and, you know, again, take advantage of the fact that maybe people may overplay the, the pass. I thought um, the Bills' offensive line really struggled, really one of the worst performances they've had, um, and that to me was the difference. The Saints were lifeless against the Falcons. thought the Falcons outplayed them. Um, I thought Matt Ryan continues to play well, did a really good job. The Saints, um, Simeon wasn't bad, but he certainly wasn't good. You see that there's limitations there. I'm looking at the fact that he's a backup quarterback. <clears throat> um, I think that one of the things I look at is, um, you know, what can a guy do, what he can't do? I think he's fairly accurate, short to medium. There were some drop balls. There's not a lot there. Um, the, the forcing the ball to the tight end a little bit too much is a problem. Uh, Trotman, it's not as been as reliable. It's Alvin Kamara. I think um, Mark Ingram's helped. Kamara, as I mentioned in the early opening part of the show, is a little banged up, and they're making some decisions there. Um, Deontay Harris threw a number of targets. Um, uh, you know, the offensive line neutralized the front uh, fairly well in this game. Um, you know, I think that um, if you look at the defensive line, they did a good job up front there. I thought they really got after Atlanta. I thought they started to flip the, the script on 
Atlanta, and you could see they, the defense started to take over. Demario Davis is playing at a high level. I mean, blue-grade level, uh, player of the year type level. He's an elite, elite player, no question about it. Uh, but they just made mistake. They made a key mistake at the end. They came back to seemingly win that game, and they've let two games go now, the Falcons, this Falcons game and the Giants game. That's going to cost them a playoff spot in the end, um, uh, ultimately, more than likely. With seven teams in, it's still a possibility, but that's one of the things. Um, Matt Ryan, I thought, flourished against this defense pretty well. For the most part, for much of the game, and again, until they kind of flipped the script, uh, Mike Davis, you know, kind of keyed the mediocre passing attack. Cordero Patterson struggled as a rusher, but made a couple of big plays in the passing game. Um, you know, um, Russell Gage was fairly effective. They don't have enough playmakers. Um, I think Kyle Pitts flashes, but they need more consistency for him, and they need um, a better job protection up front so they can get him the football. The offensive line struggled against uh, the Saints here, but it was a good win for the Falcons to hold off, come back and win it. It was really like two games in one, and the Falcons were able to come back and get it done. Baltimore over Minnesota, the Vikings kind of continue to play well, but not well enough. And, um, you know, a problem with um, finishing teams off. Lamar Jackson came alive in the second half. Uh, Freeman and and Bell split carries. Um, Marquise Brown's the only one that did anything really at the receiver position that that I was impressed with. The line was, was fairly effective. Defensive line, rough day for the Ravens' defensive line. The linebackers did a good job against the run. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, people are throwing the football at him. Uh, For Minnesota, rough day for Kirk Cousins. Um, You know, they get behind the chains too much, and that's a problem. They are a stay-ahead-of-the-chains type of team. They've got to run the football and work play action. Um, You know. It is is interesting to see the Vikings' top two receivers, Thielen and Jefferson, were shut down. Um, I thought um, they allowed too many pressures and too much leakage there, and that was the difference against this Ravens defense. Just disappointing performance again by the Bengals. Um, Mayfield um, delivered. In the passing game, uh, following a dismal showing for the Browns, um, Nick Chubb churned out some big runs, and you know he's a big factor when he's there. Donovan Peoples-Jones um, took the top off of that Bengals secondary that's particularly vulnerable on the outside. Um, the offensive line allowed eight pressures. Didn't grade out well, but I thought Mayfield did a good job getting the ball out quickly. Was hurried just five times. Defensive line, the Browns had really good pressure. Five sacks, six hits, 17 total pressures. Joe Burrow struggled, was under pressure. Miles Garrett was in the backfield. He's been outstanding. Malcolm Smith allowed four catches at linebacker. 
Denzel Ward has made some big plays, obviously the big one, and then he was just targeted only four times. Burrow really struggled, as I mentioned. Mixon put up 69 yards, two explosive runs, but that's a, an underrated part of what they do when they're successful is run the football. Jamar Chase, you know, you can take one guy out of the game. Somebody's got to step up. Not really seeing that. And you're seeing the vulnerabilities of the Bengals here a little bit. The offensive line play was not very good. Um, the defensive line uh, finished with a with a adequate pass rushing grade. Uh, thought the linebacker Logan Wilson played fairly well. Eli Apple was victimizing coverage a little too much. It was a frustrating performance for them. Speaking frustrating, how about for Dallas in the Denver game? First of all, for Denver, Bridgewater was efficient, didn't turn it over, um, did enough to secure the win. Um, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams split reps. Um, Williams was much more effective than Gordon was. It was a big factor. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Sutton was very effective for them. And the pass game, um, uh, offensive line, a lot, three sacks, did a pretty decent job in pass protection. Um, you know, uh, Vaughn Miller, the first game uh, post Vaughn Miller, had three sacks, and they really were pretty effective. It was almost as if Dallas felt like this was a game that they had in a bag. They played that way. Prescott struggled. Uh, didn't play well. Um, you know, um, an ineffective day um, from the passing game really led to an ineffective, you know, run game. Um, Pollard and Elliott, just 14 carries, but they got behind in the game. So it's part of what they gave up defensively, folks. We say it all the time. If you're a team that likes to run the football and you, that you're built around running the football, if you get behind in the game and you can't run it because <clears throat> you don't have enough time, the time element, you're cooked. You're cooked. So um, anyway, it's uh, just a really bad performance um, by by the uh, the Cowboys. The Dolphins and the Texans, boy, that was an ugly-looking game watching it. Um, neither one played very well. I thought uh, Jacoby Brissett was was okay. It was roller coaster day for Miles Gaskins. Jalen Waddle continues to flash and do some good things. Um, offensive line of the Dolphins is not good. It, it still wasn't good. It wasn't good. It's not good. They're going to struggle to sustain anything. A run game protection. This this is a bad looking team. They're a little better than the Texans. Not a whole lot. Ogba, I thought, was really good on the defensive side. Butler did some good things. They blitzed heavy in this game, over 50%. It led to some pressures. Um, I thought the secondary, as a result of it, made some good plays. Tyrod Taylor um, it wasn't as comfortable in the pocket due to the blitz pressure. Um, Texans struggled to move the football. Uh, running backs don't have a lot of opportunities to make plays. Brandon Cooks, once again, was the focal point of the passing attack. Uh, he led the team in targets, but uh, only seven of them were catchable passes. Um, Taylor struggled through the air. The offensive line didn't create much of a pocket there. Um, 
so uh, really uh, an ominous looking remainder of the season for the Texans and for the for the Dolphins here. The Giants playing better ball beat the Raiders. The Raiders were awful in the red zone. Um, just was the big difference, the mistakes. Um, you just wonder if things are catching up with the Raiders. First on the Giants, Daniel Jones was efficient. Not good, but efficient. Um, Barkley signed Leiden again for the Giants. Um, Devontae Booker, uh, former Raider, ironically, got the majority of the, the work. 99 yards and fairly effective. Was able to move the football pretty well. Kyle Rudolph led all the Giants receivers and tight ends with five targets. Evan Ingram led the group with 38 receiving yards. And none of the Giants' offensive line graded all that well. Um, Dexter Lawrence was really good defending the run on defense. Quincy Roche made a big player, too. Um, I didn't think the linebackers played all that well for the Giants. But Tate Crowder showed some things that were pretty effective. Xavier McKinney was pretty effective. Dory Jackson played well. But for the Raiders, it really was more about what the Raiders couldn't do. It wasn't like the Giants played all that well or graded all that well, but the Raiders struggled. Um, it was just a one of the worst performances by Derek Carr, and he's played well, and he gets a lot of crap and doesn't deserve most of it. He didn't play well this past week. Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake were fairly bright spots in a listless performance. Darren Waller hauled in seven of 11 targets. Um, you know, um, I thought Colton Miller blocked pretty well. I thought Crosby and Ndokwe played pretty well on the defensive side. Um, uh, it, you know, it, it just, it was to me, the secondary is a bunch of misfits. Uh, you know, I think about the Raiders. I tweeted this out today. They had two picks, two first-round picks in 2020. Um, Henry Ruggs and Demon Arnett. Both of those guys are off the roster. They didn't even make it to the 10th game of their second season. Two first-round picks. Two first-round picks. That's like That's like saying, here's $2 million, people. Just don't bleep and screw it up. Invest it wisely. Be smart. And all your problems are solved. That's what you try to work to get as a personnel guy. That's what you build your team around. Look, sometimes you take a guy and you have an awful catastrophic injury, things that the good Lord can only handle when you just completely misevaluate and have nothing to show for those two. It's, it's a real sign of leadership or lack thereof. And I don't know what Mark Davis is going to do. Quite frankly, I worry about the Raiders. I think that Mark relied everything solely on John Gruden. So you don't have a good football guy running things as an ownership standpoint. You don't have an experienced general manager. Um, I don't know that Mark can make the right decisions on who to bring in. A lot of wait and see. Ugly performance by Carolina again. New England is just hanging in there. They get it done. They do what they do, and 
I thought Mac Jones was efficient. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't think the, the, uh, the Patriots were able to run the football all that effectively. Um, they didn't have great game from their receivers. The offensive line, though, played well and controlled the line of scrimmage. Uh, Christian Barmore is playing great for the Pats. Um, now, he just feasted all day on a banged-up Panthers offensive line. That's the biggest issue there. And it is about, okay, Sam Donald and the future at quarterback. That's something they have to address. But Sam Nono and most quarterbacks ain't playing well behind that offensive line of the Panthers. That's not only not good, but it's banged up and even worse. Uh, Jamie Collins is back. His interception of Donald was big. J.C. Jackson is playing well. Um, so they're starting to get good corner play. I worry about the Panthers. Uh, I worry about Sam Donald's future. Christian McCaffrey came back, but it wasn't a big turnaround. Uh, DJ Moore went down, went to the hospital. Um, hope for positive things there. Uh, mentioned the offensive line, give up way too many pressures. Um, defensive line, they've got some issues there with injuries. They can't have Brian Burns miss any more time. Uh, the linebackers had a really rough day. Uh, corners weren't even tested pretty much in the game. And, of course, the, revisiting the Colts-Jets game, um, the rushing attack dominated the Jets. That was the big difference in the game, and the Jets continue to struggle. And the Colts are certainly not out of it, but but certainly chasing at this point um, a um, Titans team that's playing playing really good ball. I uh, want to hand out our game balls of the week. Um, I'm going to give one to Justin Fields. He's not necessarily graded out the best of the quarterbacks this week, but what he did I thought was impressive. Uh, running back, I thought Naheem Hines graded out very well for the Colts on Thursday night. Devontae Smith and Keenan Allen were my receivers. Kittle and a losing effort were good. Cordell Patterson made some plays. It's impressive. Teron Armstrong, um, Saints need to get him signed. He's an impending free agent. Played very well this past week. Um, Ryan Ramchick played very well at tackle. Um, guards, Filer of the Chargers and Wyatt Teller of the Browns. Andre James of the Raiders graded out pretty well. On defense, got to give uh, Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans. Aaron Donald uh, uh, for the for the Rams was outstanding. Quiddy Pay, really good off the edge for the Colts against uh, the Jets. Uh, Chris Jones was outstanding this past week. Linebacker Vander Esch played well in the losing effort. I thought Kazir White played well for the Chargers. Corner, I think J.C. Jackson I mentioned with the Patriots and Denzel Ward of the Browns deserve an attaboy. Jalen Ramsey played well. Cam Bynum were really good. Um, I'm going to uh, go with uh, a couple of um, players of the week. Uh, offensively, there wasn't a skill position guy that jumped out at me. So I thought the play of Wyatt Taylor of the Browns was tremendous and his run blocking grade, grade was off the charts, one of the best I've seen in a single-game performance, uh, and I thought was a big, big factor for the Browns in, in really controlling the line of scrimmage against the Bengals this past week. I thought Denzel Ward played very well, as I mentioned. Um, rookie of the week, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. Uh, everyone's talking about Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney, and those guys have had really good years. 
quietly, even though the team's not winning, Devontae Smith um, is not getting enough credit for the job that he's done. Offensive line of the week, overall, I thought hard about the, the Browns. I think they deserve a lot of credit, but the Colts really were dominant against the Jets. Um, a guy that stood out that maybe is someone that you are not as familiar with, the former South Carolina Gamecock, Taylor Stallworth, the defensive tackle, played very, very well. I thought he graded out uh, very well for the Colts on Thursday night. So those are some of the game balls of the week. Um, this week's matchups that, um, before I get into the chat room, uh, interesting matchup. Dallas rebounds at home against Atlanta, I think so. New Orleans-Tennessee is an intriguing matchup that uh, brings about some teams that, you know, the Saints have, <clears throat> you know, what are the make of the Saints? I guess they win this week because the Saints lose to the Giants and the Falcons. They'll beat the Patriots and um, the Packers, and, you know, that's that's how that seems to work. So going on the road to beat Tennessee seems like a lock there. Jacksonville goes to Indianapolis. Cleveland goes to New England in an intriguing one. Buffalo and the Jets. Can the Jets do anything? Can Buffalo get back on track after that performance against the Jags? You'd expect the Bills to respond, but I expected the Bills to play well last week against the Jags, at least enough to win. Detroit going to Pittsburgh. Uh, tough matchup there in Heinz Field. Lions are trying hard, but not a whole lot there. Tampa going to Washington. I see the Brady working over this Washington secondary. Ball's coming out quick to neutralize the uh, excuse me, the Washington defense. I think I said Redskins. Apologies there. Can Carolina do anything on the road to slow down the Cardinals? I doesn't look like it. Minnesota and the Chargers, an intriguing one in the second wave. Um, Philadelphia, Denver, Seattle, Green Bay. Good matchup. Will Russell Wilson play? Looks like he's been cleared to practice. We'll see if he'll play, how that'll uh, play out. And then Kansas City and the Raiders uh, on Sunday night. What do we get from this Chiefs team? Can they um, develop any consistency and what to make of the Raiders? It's been a tough stretch there for the Raiders. Monday night, we've got the Rams going to San Francisco in what is a absolute must-win. Even if you do win, it's probably not good enough game for the Niners. The Bears, the Bengals, the Giants, and the Texans get a bye week. Hey, before I check into the mailbag, I want to tell you about my good friends at BetQL Daily. Um, I don't know about you, but do you feel at times like the last one out when it comes to sports betting, don't know where to start? Understand where the market is moving, which smart bets are out there, and have some fun listening while you're at it. BetQL Daily, sponsored by FanDuel, is a must-listen show for sports bettors and sports fans alike. They're a great listen. Fun, informative, and very helpful. Hosts Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gigolo, and Eric Hexworth serve up Wager Entertainment, the sports talk you love with the betting insights you need each weekday. Find out where the market is moving across all of the week's biggest sporting events. Miss out on early games? BetQL Daily has you covered there, too, with recaps from some of the biggest recent moments in sports. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start with BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel. Listen weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Let's see what you got, what you're bringing inside here. 
Um, Rich Goat says, do you think Matt Rule is looking um, to bench Sam Donald considering he hasn't played well in the last couple of weeks? Well, we've gone over that. I don't think there's real options. Obviously, he's got someone he likes that um, he's familiar with from his Temple days, but I don't think that P.J. is the answer either. It's the offensive line, but certainly the quarterback situation is one they got to address in the offseason. Chris, the 49ers defense appeared unprepared and didn't seem to make the proper in-game adjustments. Look, I think it's fair. I don't think they're as well-coached without Robert Sala. I think the defense is uh, struggling, particularly when, you know, when you give up that many points, um, you're not playing well. And you're struggling from a game plan standpoint, you're trouble executing. To me, it's not just execution. Uh, it's not just adjustments, Kev. It's about execution. And clearly, they weren't very well prepared. Um, uh, let's see hit. Uh, let's see. Trying to see if there's anything good there. Um, the, but, um, but, okay. So, anyway, Cincinnati didn't seem to account for Trey Hill blitzing off the edge. No, they, they didn't. Um, they did a very, very poor job. And, and, again, I think they're struggling from a pass protection standpoint. A lot of that has um, to do with, you know, the fact that some personnel issues and uh, some of the issues going forward is to try to figure out how to the best go about blocking them. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where they go with that. Uh, Nola Jack says, how much of Kansas City's offensive problems are because they don't run enough? Well, we've talked a lot about that. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, they are not patient to take the short passing game. Um, Nola Jack, uh, I think that the – it's not – just the running game, but it's just the taking the checkdowns, the shake, the short passing game. That's becoming a bigger, bigger issue. So we'll see. We'll see how that um, plays out and develops going forward. But it is a problem that uh, is there, no doubt. And and if you don't, and you're constantly going for the big play, you're going to end up having some real big issues there. So um, that's uh, that's my thoughts on the Chiefs is. If you get behind in games, um, you're taking a lot of risk and you're putting your defense back on the field. Playing with a lead is what their strength has been, and they've not been able to do that nearly as much. So scoring a bunch of points is what they've got to do in order to be successful, and they've not been able to do that. If you can't score a bunch of points, you at least got to possess the football to help your defense out, and they're not doing either. So that's the biggest issues. Hey, appreciate you joining us. Um, appreciate y'all being here. Uh, make sure that you join us over at LandryFootball.com. Got the complete detailed breakdowns of all the games, all the teams over at Landry Football. So check that out. Um, we also um, got all the podcasts there. So check that out as well. All the latest news and notes. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. And um we appreciate you being involved with us and uh, sign up for our podcast and uh, over, sign up for us at LandryFootball.com. So take care, and we'll talk to you next time, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.